0: Hi, this is Carolyn and I'm here with Erin and we are really excited to have Bill Schillings here with us. Bill has written a book called Sports Parenting, Creating an Environment for Success Without Going Bat. S-H blank T crazy. <laughs> and I laughed out loud when I read that title. Didn't you, Aaron?
1: It's great. We only didn't say it because it's a clean podcast, but everyone yeah. everyone yeah. Gets, the, gets the idea.
0: <laughs> For a little background on Bill, he played at Penn State University, where he was the captain and played number one singles and doubles and went on to play professional tennis in the United States and abroad. He owned and directed the Charlotte Tennis Academy from 1989 to 2022, where he coached and mentored juniors and sometimes their parents. And we enjoyed the questions he wrote in his book so much that we're going to ask some of them right now. So, Bill, can you start off and tell us why sports parenting is so hard?
2: I think parenting in general is pretty challenging. And so when you place on top of that the world of sports, which in our culture uh, is just magnifies everything, I don't know what your social worlds are like, but when you go to a party and you have kids what generally happens, you end up talking about your kids. And then pretty soon, right after that, what's the next question? Well, do your kids play sports, right? Or what do your kids do? Boy, everybody's going to get real excited if your kid happens to be the quarterback of the high school football team or whatever. Even if they're six, you go, well, we just started him in t-ball. And, you know, usually what's going to happen is that in that social setting, leads you places all around sports. So I think when you put the the challenge of parenting in general and lay on top of that, all the attachments we put in sports, things can get pretty challenging.
1: So I have a daughter that does not play tennis, but plays high-level volleyball. So Mm -hmm. this book relates to me in that sense. You can take this like you said, for really any sport, any child, um, it's still a competitive situation that you're putting your child in. So can you give a few pieces of advice to parents that may help them prevent, prevent the parents from going crazy? Like when we watch them play, you know, how to act, whatever, whatever kind of advice you have for kind of keeping us parents in check with children in sports. Sure.
2: Well, I'll give you kind of the basic premise of the book, which is... That there's always going to be a dichotomy of things that you're going to have to balance between. And I divided the book into sections based on that. And then, you know, just told little stories, essentially your, your instincts versus what's going to be effective is going to be on a spectrum. Um, You're going to like to want to think in terms of outcomes versus process. You're going to want to think in terms of sprint versus marathon. Uh, character versus competition. These are all dichotomies that go into being a parent and a sports parent. And the premise of the book is parents who get a little bit in trouble tend to gravitate more towards one end of that spectrum or the other, uh, meaning they get into outcome too much. They get into comparing their kid to other kids way big. They think everything is urgent and an emergency. You know, they're sprinting to some magical finish line that doesn't exist. There's one in there about enablement versus independence. I mean, aren't we all kind of wired to want to enable our children, right? I, I hate the idea that my daughters could fail at things and I could fix it and keep it from happening, you know? But what do I really want to get my kids to have? Well, I want them to be independent, functioning adults. Well, if I'm constantly enabling, how do I pull that off? I have to be aware that my, my instincts, my inclinations sometimes are going to lead me counter to what is going to be effective. So that's essentially what makes parenting so hard, sports parenting particularly.
0: So how can you help your kids succeed in sports without taking out a second mortgage? Because sports are expensive. Yes. I am learning that. I have young children. Yeah. It's hard.
2: Uh, you like that question, huh? The second the second mortgage yes. question. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, and and I know you had my friend Mark Dylan on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and and he said some really powerful things. And he he said something that is my first go to, and and Mark and I really track on this is this concept that we have to pay for everything that our kids do in sports is just a misconception. So often parents would come to me and and. Uh, Say, well, look, my kids expressed some interest in this and I have the time and the resources. So what's the plan? Just tell me how many lessons you can give them a week and sign them up for all the clinics. And, you know, as a business person, you know, you could easily say, well, sure, no problem. But most of the time, I pretty much every time I just stay. All right, let's back up a little bit. What's going to make your kids succeed? And sure, we'll get them lessons in clinics. That's what we do. But what's really going to make or break things isn't what you're paying for. It's what your kid's doing outside of that. So in the tennis context or in the volleyball context, whatever, in tennis, it could be, how many practice sets a week are you playing with your friends uh, or your teammates on your high school team? Are you going out Sunday afternoon and playing three sets? I, I mean, I can count on one hand the number of kids that I coached that were doing that on a regular basis. In tennis, you know, practicing your serve, you know, Mark mentioned this in his podcast, it's the one shot you can, you have control over. Why are you not going out and and hitting baskets of balls? The the fitness thing, uh, nutrition, there's so many aspects of it that you can be working on that you're not paying for. So to answer that, you know, how can you do it? You you steer your kids (laughs) along those lines. That being said, I don't want to minimize, especially in how sports works now. There's so much uh, resources that goes into it. If your kid's really going to get somewhere in it, I get it. Um, There's no avoiding it. But I think sometimes people go a little bit overboard with it. I'll give you a quick story. Years ago, one of my favorite parents, he was a self-admitted frugal tennis parent. Okay. And he had, his kids were into it big time and they were good. And it was pretty clear, especially his daughter was going to be good enough to play college tennis, probably on a scholarship. And he was a self-admitted frugal guy. I mean, he could probably have afforded to do all the stuff, but he's like, no, we're going to see how little we can spend and still get this done. And so he was big on that. He was on his kid doing as much as we could she could on her own. But then on top of that, he started really picking the biggest bang for the buck tournaments to go to. They wouldn't go to every single tournament. They'd go to the ones that were high impact tournaments that were fairly close to home. So he was constantly looking like what we would all do if we were just basically frugal, right? With our money, we're going to vet things. We're not just going to go do everything that everybody else is doing just because it feels like the right thing to do.
1: You can attribute that to um, adult rec tennis, too, which is, you know, most of our listening audience. And I know there's a lot of our audience that have kids that play tennis, but it's the same kind of thing that we do as players. We can pay top dollar for coaching or clinics, you know, and have a set schedule for that. But what we do a lot of times is we just go out and and do our own set practices with, you know, if Carolyn and I want to play singles, we just call up each other and say, let's go hit on this day and book a court or go to a city court. If we're, if we're playing doubles, we just do that with our friends. And, and I always try to work on things in practice that I'm not good at, as opposed to doing all the things that I already know I can do and just playing a practice like it's a match, like I'm going to win it. So we try to at least, you know, incorporate things and, and tell our friends like, hey, this might not be the prettiest tennis, but I'm going to try, you know, a drop shot on a second serve today or, yeah. you know, whatever it is that we're not good at. So it's kind of that same thing. And Mark did talk a lot about kids going out and practicing their serves and doing just what I said, calling up their friend and saying, let's go out and hit for two hours today. That doesn't necessarily take a coach to do that.
2: Yeah. I, so it's I really good piece advice. In the book, uh, I think it's called Practicing with Intensity. And what you're getting into there, I think I'm really big on is, what are your principles rather than just the specifics? And You just said, yeah, I'm going to go and take the initiative, go practice with my friends, but I'm going to practice things that I'm not necessarily good at in that practice session. And mm-hmm. I'm going to do it with intensity. I'll give you one principle I used for many years when folks would come to me. It was the the two to one principle, which is, for every hour you pay for something, are you spending two hours outside of that, maximizing the value of that? So in tennis, if your kid takes a two-hour tennis clinic once a week, that would be a really big ask, wouldn't it? That would be, are they doing four hours outside of that on top of that tennis clinic, <laughs> playing practice sets? And and by the way, going to the gym and working out would count, right? Uh, stretching would count, you know, anything would count. But you you try and 2x what you're paying for, you're really going to get huge value for the the money that you're spending.
0: Thanks very much to Bill for being on the podcast. I really enjoyed his book and I read it quickly and I'm a pretty slow reader. If you'd like to purchase a book, you can go to his website, which is BillShillings.com. And we included a link to it in our show notes. We have another episode with Bill where he discusses why parents get so emotional watching their children play and why we need to be an actor as a sports parent. We hope you check out our website, which is secondservepodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and hope to see you on the courts soon.